0: All right. It is the second episode of the Psychedelic Athlete Podcast. I've been so stoked to start this podcast. I have uh, Sean Dougherty on the line with me. Um, it's actually funny because I found Sean. I, I knew of him and, and knew generally that he existed through catch wrestling and being a fan of MMA, um, but I heard him on Grappling Central Podcast, and it led me to reaching out to him. He's one of like the few people I've heard on a podcast and was like, I need to reach out to this person and tell them that it was just very inspiring to hear them talk about things and some parallel thoughts and maybe like, yeah, it was just very affirming some thoughts that maybe I wasn't as confident with in my own martial arts journey and, and awarenesses that I had that Sean's open-minded perspective really was paradigm shifting for me. And even though we've been friends from a distance, it's somebody that, uh, I'm very close with them, you know, and and um, I'm inspired by and, and look up to. And when I made this podcast, I thought I could go out there and get a lot of guests that have some semblance of clout and have fan base. And I don't know them from Adam. And we may or may not have a good conversation, but yay, they have fans. So it might generate attention. But I was like, you know what I have? people that I love and adore that I would love to have conversations with. And unless it's like some person with like half a million followers, I couldn't care less about, about getting some name. I just want quality guests. And then I want to bring my friends into the fold, you know, in my real life too, like just average people, not, well, not average, but average as far as they've never aspired to do anything like this or be uh, you know, likened to the things that, that people are common this podcasts.
1: Is this is a synchronicity right now. Uh, yes. When I was out in the garage um, uh, just before this, I was thinking about, yeah, if I ever did podcasts, you know, I'd have like once in a while, I'd have my regular friends on. You know, people have nothing to do with the industry, you know, all the things that I do, just just to keep it real because it's, it's real. I think anybody, you, you bump into anybody on this planet and you get to know them. And, if, you know, if you read their biography, You'd love them. Yeah. There's not many people you wouldn't. I mean, yeah, there's some horrible people out there. But for the most part, you know, people are interesting, man. You know, yes. If you just stop, look and listen, you'll find shit out. Like, like, I'm really happy that you reached out to me. And that because I like your stuff, too. I mean, it's like uh, we're on the same page on a lot of things. And it was just it was it was I'm glad I did that podcast because a few people reached out to me, you being one of them and uh uh i've kept friendships from it you know it was was pretty raw i was pretty honest with everything i talked about in there but i mean like uh, if you you listen to anybody at at any given moment you'd be intrigued
0: yes dude and and it's crazy because honestly there's oftentimes the people that don't try to go out of their way. The people who are like, you know, fuck the whole Instagram thing, fuck social media. I just live my life. Those are the people where you'd kind of want to twist their arm. It's like the there's a lot of people out there that aren't doing everything they possibly can to be the, the atypical podcast guest. Look, look at my Instagram.
1: I've got maybe, I forget what it is, maybe 70 posts. And I started that thing in like 2016. Um, I have anxiety over that shit man and I I I have a hard time keeping up just with my phone alone man and it's just so anxiety I mean I get anxiety like like it's like if I hear my phone ding and I got to communicate with somebody it's it's a it's a process for me to go through it's really hard and I and around this time of year I'm really a non-communicative person like all my friends have to or I'll I'll ding my friends every once in a while, I'll let them know I'm still alive and shit like that, or they'll check <laughs> in on me. But I, I go dark, man. I, I uh I, I'm I'm an oversensitive human being, uh, highly sensitive. Uh, I probably got a lot of uh, uh, mirror neurons. <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like if I I can't watch send Fails, you know, I can't watch Skaters hit their head uh you know off of you know doing rails and stuff. Um I I I feel stuff, you know, right away. And and when I communicate with people and I go out in the world and I do things and I'm around people, I have to smudge, man. I have to like like I'm like a cockroach. I gotta clean myself off of the humans. Right. It's, it's the, the energy is just too much. And um, by the end of the year after the summer where I'm just high energy on fire and I'm going, going, going and constantly uh, immersed with people around this time of year, the sun goes down. Uh, it's, it's kind of like the reset, you know, people think that this is a bad time, you know, like, like SADS. you know, seasonal affected disorder, you know, you get depressed during this time because of lack of sunlight and stuff like that. But to me, I was, I've been thinking about it in a new light that it's more of like a forced uh, slow down it's a forced recovery in a way mm. it's, it's telling us to slow the fuck down follow nature man you know yeah. follow the rhythms we, we, we've broken rhythms of everything we're out of rhythm with nature so fucking bad that we have to create these fucking boxy square concrete rebarred lines and you know and confine ourselves in things and it's it's nuts but yeah but we, when we're more in rhythm with everything else it's it's it, this is a time of year to recover, to hibernate. You know, uh, I used to do of
0: all things, slam poetry. And when somebody would say like a line that resonated, people would snap. And I just thought like, I want to start a thing on my podcast now where I snap one, because I wanted to snap when you started saying how you weren't thinking about it in the old light and light that you were thinking. And like, it was a snap, Moment, um, and and yeah, you're true to that, man. And it's funny because yeah, I'm, I'm friends with you on Instagram, and people probably follow you on there, and they might not. They they I'm about to read just some things that that you know some of your accolades, and it's you're probably the type of person that almost cringes to hear people say all of the amazing and what not cringes, but like you're not the person to write in your bio all of these things like I'm a big fan of the ultimate fighter. We've even talked about the ultimate fighter a little bit. And sometimes I I check these people out on Instagram. I follow some of these, these, you know, characters from the show. Some of them never even had a fight on the show because they missed weight or they whatever. And like the first line of their bio in all caps is tough veteran and season, whatever. And all every like few months, they're regurgitating these photos from from tough and so you you have all of the following what i'm about to say and you would never know almost any of it probably to just explore you on your your social media probably in conversation you don't bring all of this stuff up the way a lot of people do and and it's it's something that i really 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 respect and and let's just go over real quick um you're a black belt in in several martial arts jiu-jitsu, judo taekwondo uh shinga shingi tai jujitsu which by the way i don't know much about shingi tai but my ex-girlfriend left me for a guy who uh was a black belt in shingi tai so i'm sure it sucks
1: <laughs> i'm sure it's like <laughs> the lamest
0: black belt you have <laughs> no. oh, really? oh god um Cromstadt, eric kromstat i think he's a black belt in it he's been he did it for a while there's a there's actually a school not far from me in uh maryland in in, in baltimore county in the parkville area i forget the yeah, actual it, name of it uh, mark mike holman has it okay yeah well it's it's his main mma fighter student he goes by the uh the viking it's not doc oh is he the viking oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yes yeah, so, yeah dude so my ex-girlfriend is dating him now they're fine I mean it's not like a serious thing but that's who she I mean she did leave me for him
1: but you know <laughs> uh, it's not his fault though no I don't care
0: it's fine yeah I don't have any issue with him um I just you know
1: no, so fucked up small world <laughs> yeah <I'm>
0: sorry it, <laughs> no it, it is funny though that's so funny you know him. so uh you know you're as far as I know, eight no kickboxer. I was actually listening back to the Grappling Central podcast that you did today, just kind of refreshing my memory of some things. Well, there's
1: old K-faves though. Like, if you watch me in my my interview for UFC two, it says I was fifteen and zero in kickboxing. Oh wow! So um, let's no, go no, with twenty and zero.
0: If you heard him on the Psychedelic Athlete podcast, he's 0 <laughs> Right. So by dude, by the time you get into the professional world of anything, nothing's real. I, yeah. I love that word, by the way, K-Fob. I mean, you coming from catch wrestling. Uh, I don't know if I'm like pro, like, I don't know if that's your familiarity, but there's um, a guy, Eric Weinstein that likes to talk about it too. Like uh, just kind of this bizarre art form and like poetry of life and uh blurred lines of reality. And uh, you know, I think back no, to the
1: movie, it's, Big illusion. Fish. It's, it's illusion. It's all, it's all illusion. It's the illusion is the key in marketing and, um, you know, this is all very comes from the vaudeville times, you know, you know, it's, it's magicians. It's not real magic, like chaos magic. I'm talking like you're on stage, David Copperfield bullshit. It's all sleight of hand. Um, nothing's real. Everything's designed to keep you hooked and keep you buying and keep you consuming. I
2: don't know where I'm going.
1: <laughs> no no you're right dude i mean in a way
0: i mean what's the difference between the the blurred line between the subjective nature that we absorb and, and transmit information we don't we're not even aware of the k-fob
1: of our own life oh yeah dude. it's it's crazy it's it's uh like like this is the matrix it's like you know the institution of life you know that we've been brainwashed into since we went to kindergarten and preschool you know that's why all the buildings look the same you know prisons are built from this made from the same materials as the schools are yeah um, it looks the same you know um you know we're we're a fucking communist country and we've been this way for fucking years people don't know that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it, it, we're no we're, we're drones they're, they're creating drones in order to keep us stupid and fed and bread and circus traded for our freedom of will and 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 its desire to live you know, we 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 gave into comfort and placidity. Um, yeah, it, it'll kill us. You know, and it is. It's it's driving us nuts. And then you have us people, lots of people um, uh, that are waking that wake up to it, or people who never bought into it, like the punks. You know, I grew up in the punk rock uh, way of life, and it was always about seeing through the bullshit. And you know, I didn't want to go to prom. I didn't want to do all the shit that. Everybody was brainwashed into going and do it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, I don't give a fuck. You know, I pay for my kids to do it, whatever. But my kids don't want to. <laughs> they, yeah. they they learned. Um, but they, they, they saw the bullshit early as well. And I wanted to raise my kids that way. I didn't want them to be fooled and to have their feelings hurt because something, no, somebody didn't ask them to something or they didn't do this social thing that everybody else is doing because... It was it's it's all by design to keep us distracted from real things in life, about actually thinking about life and death and real love and 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 how to change the world and how to change ourselves. I mean, like the shit we should be thinking about. We're we're being sleight of handed looking everywhere else, you know. And then all the people who want to keep the power, those who make the money and have everything to gain from our subservient dronehood of Consumerism, you know, they that's how they stay in power, you know, and now people are waking up, you know, finally people are understanding some conspiracies. Now, I'm not into all the conspiracies like the fucking QAnon and all the how far and crazy that shit goes, but there's shit, the, the conspiracy facts. I understand how people can be so fucking untrusting and and so like caught up in all this stuff because they're realizing, holy shit, we've been lied to. There is a kayfabe we're we're waiting america's waking up to the kayfabe of of our way of life right now some people are saying wow this really is bullshit you know i remember when food inc came out and i learned about the 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 food industry holy shit you know i remember back then that was like 2012 you know 2013 i saw this and and like the people today that are now talking about conspiracies and blowing all this shit up I brought it when this shit was brought up then, those guys were saying, shut the fuck up. There's nothing wrong with the way it is. There isn't, there's, theres you are a conspiracy theorist. You know, they, they were like the people that are holding on a conspiracy theory right now and went full crazy with it were the ones 10 years ago that were like criticizing. Yeah. Saying, shut up. They got to make the money. They need, they should, the rich shouldn't pay their taxes because if they pay their taxes, then we have, then we make less money and all this. Well, ah, well that's not trickle down economics. I thought that was the solution.
0: Yeah, dude, it's funny when, when you said that about, uh, you know, we're in a we're in a communist uh, and we, we don't even know it. Um, I, I just had this weird, bizarre uh, the way my this explains the way my brain works. I just had this like punk rock thought of like a Matrix reference where a hand's holding out the red and blue pill. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like the political hand. And it's like, do you want the red pill or the blue pill? And then the sheep is just anything but the hard to swallow one you know, anything but that hard to swallow pill, because you have a lot of hard to swallow pills that I mean, it, it, it'd be nice if you were saying something that that was silly and outlandish, so we could just discredit it all. Like that's the that's where a lot of the conspiracy people go wrong is they 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 put their stock in a couple that are just bunk and then it just discredits everything. But it's fa- I got to call. I, I don't know, man, I try and I don't know about you, but it's very uncomfortable for me to think about negative and, and destructive things that I really can't affect. So if I, if I can't, if, I, if it's, if it's not my goal to like put my all into changing the political landscape and all of that and the social landscape, then it's very hard for me to be as aware and focused on all of the toxicity and misinformation and misunderstanding. And that, because then, because it's going to make me want to be that, that, that voice for that because it's hard for me to not
1: try to change things
0: that are fucked up. Um, yeah
1: and i'm learning how to just keep my mouth shut and not try because anytime i i try to speak on something it just backfires it doesn't get if i have a conversation face to face it always works well but if i if i try to like do a blurb on instagram and say it you know something that makes sense to me you know and and i try to bring some reason out there it's the anxiety of it all of trying to have to communicate and I don't have it in me. I'm not uh, a speak. Like I, I, I'm not, I, like I said, I, I can't yeah. I can't speak into, I can't just talk into a, uh, uh, like, like I can't, I'm not the kind of person who can put my phone on. Right. Facebook Live and drive and sit there and talk to the world. You know, talking with Joe Penapera. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, I can't do that. I have to have engagement. I have to have. Uh, dialogue i have to have guidance too because i i forget shit you know yeah. like I'm, i'll be sitting here talking to you and i forgot everything i just said you know that could be you know it's all the compound concussions from my career but yeah but yeah so okay so back to that so the the quick downhill of it all is uh you know i started martial arts when i was uh, in 1990 uh, the same, I think it was the same year the movie uh, "Say Anything" came out. John <laughs> oh Cuban. yeah, great Kick-off movie! Kickboxing the nineties, the um, and then uh, did the you know they had the eight record, record. Um, uh, local fights, you know, around Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, um, no big deal. West Virginia, but it was just small potatoes. American kickboxing, everything above the waist. Um, And then we, let's see, fast forward um, to November, what, 14th it was, or November 11th, maybe November 14th of 1993,
0: no, 94,
1: it was, no, 93 for UFC 1, right? I think, I'm bad with dates like that. Yeah, so I watched UFC 1. I tell my friends, I'm going to be in the next one. Um, I had this feeling, I just fucking knew it. And then uh, the very next week, I fulfilled a commitment that I made to a friend, Kelly Gallant and Bill Gallant up in Buffalo, New York, uh, for uh, to be a judge and a referee in their karate tournament. Uh, they there. They turned out to have be friends with Kevin Rozier, who was in the first UFC. Um, he's the one that, uh, Gerard Rodeau stomped in the head over and over again. Um, at the end or by the, you know, at the end of the match, he's one, he was, he was just a hot mess giant. If you know who Kevin Rosier is, you know, who so yeah. I, tooth I got I knocked out, right? What's that? Is he the guy whose tooth got knocked out? That was Taylor Tuley. His. Oh, tooth okay. Um, oh, okay. But he was, he was the one lay, laying down on the ground on his side. Yeah. Gerard was like stomping on him, beat the shit out of him. Anyways, so he was a pro kickboxer. I met him there at, at that tournament and I asked, you know, I needed a coach to help me turn pro in kickboxing because, you know, after you know, I had eight fights and amateur. So I was like, oh, I want to go further with this. wasn't even thinking about UFC. Forgot I even said, you know, that kind of stuff. It wasn't on my mind. I wasn't linking anything. Um, but he said, yeah, sure. And I moved in January 1st, 1994 in Buffalo, New York. Um, And it turned out he was bipolar with a a bipolar manic depressant with a cocaine addiction. (laughs) You know, it was a it was a roller coaster. Um, At the time, I ended up being homeless. He checked himself into the hospital, you know, kind of thing. But his manager, Charlie Anzalone. He was like, man, if I would have known this situation was happening, that he was having you move up here and all that kind of stuff, I would have told you, no, you know, don't do it. But since you're here and you're already living in hell and wasting all your time, why don't you go home, you know, um, and I'll see about getting you in the UFC. And I'm like, okay. He was, I went home. He flew to LA to sit down with Art Davey and and Brought some pictures of me, you know, um, some headshots and stuff like that. I got a call and said, hey, yeah, you're going to be an alternate in the next one. And then a week prior, two weeks prior to the UFC, too, uh, I got a call from Mark Davey that said uh, Ken just broke his hand in training and I needed to take his place as a main as a main fighter. So I got pulled out of the alternates and I became one of the main fighters. And I ended up being the first by the night. I fought a ninja named Scott Morris and it was big John McCarthy's first Let's Get It On. This was the first time he ever refereed. Wow. So, like, and I didn't win. I did, I lost in like fucking 18 seconds, man. I got I got choked. I like he came running across the ring. I threw some punches and elbows and kicks. He wrapped up, he wrapped me up and did a, a basically like a uh tomonage, you know, but like head and arm sacrifice roll back. And I pulled his legs over on top of me where he's in full mount and he's got head and arm. I pulled him over on top of me. That's how much I didn't know, right? you know, like, it's insane, like, I always have the shoulda, it could is you know, if I would have known a little bit more, I could have done so much better, but I wasn't meant to, I was never meant to be a champion, I guess, you know, it wasn't part of my life journey, and it was, that really hurt me, you know, like, I did the, and also, I had injuries, I had injuries all the time, like, so I had UFC 2, and then Ken, Ken recruited me from there to go be a part of Lion's Den, and that was, that was in 94, it was, like, sort of original lines then you know your real original lines then is Scott uh Fizak v- and um uh what the fuck's his name uh, Vernon White oh those two guys are are the are the old school old school but you had me Jason Delucia, and Frank we were roommates all roommates um and we uh were the first time that Ken had a solid group of committed fighters. Because you always had people coming in from the streets. They come and go. Everybody's got drug problems, old lady problems. That's the thing about fighters. That's what ruins fighters is their personal life. If a fighter can have their personal life in check, their career is going to be in check. It's going to be good shit. But it's always dealing with fighters, man. It's always their personal life. It's always fucking shit um, what was That's i crazy. saying uh you're just talking know. about you
0: frank all them the the, the first time there was a, a stable of dedicated guys who actually had some discipline
1: you know? yeah okay yeah so you know so that was like ken called that the first real because you know you had scott was always good and vernon was always good but you had all these people that just kind of came in and out then you had scott vernon me, jason Alicia, and frank um that was the core and then um i got a neck injury while i was there um and then, uh, so I then I had to I had to come home and heal up. And then I became a Mormon while I was coming home, healing up, served a mission, got married, and then I met John Sailor, and that's how I started with the shintai, Jiu-Jitsu and judo. Uh, was he a Mormon? No, oh. <laughs> no, no. It's just the Mormon is it just, that got me married and on a mission. You no, know, right. Uh, and, uh, I left. No, I, I left the church. You know, I'm no longer a Mormon back in 2016. When did you go into the Air Force? That was... Uh, so I was supposed to swear in on September 11th. Okay. 2000, t- 2001, but I ended up swearing in the next day on 2012. Or I mean, uh, on September 12th. Um, 2001, went in a delayed entry, went into actual basic on January 8th of 2002. And then I exited...
0: 2010 yeah um so so i, I do want to hear something i heard that you mentioned tell me the workouts that you guys did at the lion's den the physical training this is like a lost part of uh mma and it, it may be for the better or for the worse yeah probably somewhere cool. in the between probably somewhere in the in between but but tell me this damned workout you guys did as a team I, st- I remember you said something like 500 squats. Go
1: from there, just general. So, well, context is uh, we were eating like bodybuilders. Chicken and rice, everything plain. Chicken breast, chicken breast, chicken breast. We, there's no fat on us whatsoever. No fat on our joints, Nothing. nothing's lubed up. We're dry as a bone training like this. Fucking nuts. Anyways. Yeah. So we got Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule would be wake up, uh, you know, get to what was it called? Twin Arbors gym and lift weights from like eight to 10, like do a workout from like eight to 10, eat, rest, go while we're going to the gym, you know, you're kind of recovering, eating, giving ourselves about an hour and a half, two hour recovery break. And then We start uh, 500 squats, 500 push-ups, 500 sit-ups, or no, 200 push-ups, 500 sit-ups, 500 leg lifts, and then you we had to do five rounds of dragon rolls, five rounds of five minutes of uh, monkey sprawls, where you're jumping over the rope, and then you, you do 25 jumps back and forth over the rope, and then you do 25 sprawls jump over sprawl 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 i'm talking this shit will make you puke but it's just non-stop go 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 um and then after all that then we do um uh what do you call it uh, uh, just tons of wrestling just grapple 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 king of the mat you know uh, um kind of shit just tons of drills i mean you just go and go and go and then then go home rest and then come back around six and then do a technique part for a couple hours. That was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then Tuesday, Thursday, that was a better, more of, uh, so we still lifted in the morning eight to 10 and then we did a two mile run deck of cards, the gotch deck of cards where you, you know, each card represented something, you know, a workout Mm -hmm. and the number was the reps. So we would do uh, the Bible workout Um, Lots of technique on those days kind of thing. Uh, Again, go back home, rest, and then come back around six and hit it again. And then Saturday was a technique day. wasn't too hard, but Sunday was really the only rest. It was was the diet and just constantly going. It's so hard for me
0: to, I've never done a workout like that. Like I, I've done like, like I've trained, uh, like I've done CrossFit competitions a couple of times. I've always like, that's probably like int- training for that sort of thing is a little intense, but, and like, I've done like some cool, like strongman blocks. And I mean, I, I power lifted uh, pretty, you know, for a few years competitively and I've done other things, but it's hard for me to, so like, do you get acclimated to that type of output? Is there a time where that is just like going for a few months, like how a marathon runner can run a marathon and they can go and run 10 miles and it's easy. But if you don't run 10 miles might, might cripple you.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's anatomical adaptation, of course, but here's one of the things that it's you know, we, you, people hold it as a badge of a tough guy kind of thing, but it's fucking stupid, is that it was Pancrase. We we trained the Japanese way, right? Like Ken did exactly how the Pancrase the, and the Fujiwara fighters did shit so that when we went to Japan, we could keep up with everybody there. So it's well known that all Japanese fighters are fighting with an injury. they are all their fights, they're nursing an injury, whether it be a broken bone, a broken rib, a torn ligament or whatever. Kazushi Sakuraba is a perfect example of that. Um, but the same thing with Ken. Same thing with all of our fighters that we had at That it was always known that we're going to be fighting with an injury, right? And then that's why to people like me and you know my generation or like us, you know, like the, that mindset. We hear people pulling out of fights over stupid shit. You know what I mean? Like things that are like, wow, like I would never pull out for that, but okay. But as I look back, it's fucking. I see now. I made the connection that all that overtraining and poor diet contributed to constantly being injured. And imagine how much of a better fighter. Like when Frank Shamrock broke away from Ken, that fucker shined, dude. That you saw his technique go through the roof. He right. he took he he went off further. It wasn't you know the, what what the lines then did gave a really good prototype of a team. Team aspect of training, and the only other place I've seen so far that really does it like that is Strong Style. That's where you're at for people who don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Strong Style. Okay, well, I'm not that, Well, you don't know, but like I, I'm thinking. Uh, a, uh, a, a, I had to take a break from there. Um, that's part of the whole energy stuff. Right. If we're talking about earlier. it Gets overwhelming. Um, hard for me to just deal with people all the time and things like that completely amicable that's my family you know that's 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 my home team is strong style it always will be um but um i I I'm, i'm inventing some i have some inventions that i've been working on for workout tools um i needed to pour my focus in on i needed to really focus on my family because me driving up there was i never saw my kids because they would get home from school and i was already driving up yeah. So basically a second shift job. So I was all last year, I was disconnected from my kids plus COVID, you know, in the back of my head, I've had COVID twice. Now I went ahead and got vaccinated. Now I am, I'm not anti-vax. I am not pro-vax. I am definitely right. anti-mandate. Right. That's where I stand. I believe in choice. Don't fucking call me a goddamn sheep for fucking getting a vaccine, you know, getting the vaccine, you know, I'll fucking, I'll put my fist to your goddamn fucking idiotic face. I fucking hate that shit. I mean, it's like slut shame, it's just stupid. You know, I I fucking hate both parties. I hate you fucking both equally. I'm so disenfranchised and when I hear someone say, yeah, but that party is better than the other. Fuck off, man. Anybody who believes this shit, I don't want fucking nothing to do with you. Right. Seriously, I don't want anybody in my life that doesn't believe both parties are fucked and that it is the wrong way, you know? (laughs) Right. They don't believe that they're friends behind closed doors and that they're doing exactly how this is their kayfabe. Jesse the Body Ventura wrote an awesome book called Democrats and Roboticans. I sat and read the whole fucking book standing up in Barnes & Noble. It was great. It was, that was my first big, ooh, because there's a thing that, we, that most Americans don't even know this term. It's called political theology it's cr- making the politics a religion. How I I know so many fucking people where you would believe that they think that the presidency is Jesus Christ himself and everything is divine and everything is done by God's will. And these are the people who think that Christianity is our national religion. You know, it's like shut the fuck up. We don't have that. That's an Islamic thing, you know. And you're supposedly hate Islam and if Christians in America saw a picture of an Islamic family with AK 47s. Right. But yet we see these Christian families here in America with their AR 15s. What's the fucking difference? That's fucking radicalism. That's fucking crazy. You're putting what you're weaponizing religion. Fuck you. Yeah. Since I I think in memes. It all started with fucking Constantine to begin with. He's the first one to weaponize Christianity. Asshole. Yeah.
0: Since I I think in memes, just like the bell thing. I I thought about how it's like there's a carton of eggs and the half the one half of the the eggs are like fuck six and the other half are like fuck half a dozen (laughs) (laughs) that's the way (laughs) my brain part two (laughs) yeah Yeah, no that's that's no I get it that's that's, I'm with you I agree I agree with everything you just said um and you know what It's like something that you could talk to somebody who's smart, respects your knowledge, doesn't disagree with you, but then somehow they wake up tomorrow morning and they think that the president is either God or the devil, depending on which side that they're on. They're either the best person ever or the worst person ever. Because that's easier.
1: It's like everybody's got borderline personality disorder. That's what that's that's, can be. (laughs) One second you're an angel, the next day you're the devil. It's like, oh, what's going on here? But yeah, um, but yeah, I got the vaccine because it, the, the COVID fucked me up, man. I'm, I'm, a long, I'm one of those long haulers. It puts me down for about two months. Whoa, both times? Yeah. It, I mean, I, that's how long it I drug out. I mean, I wasn't in the hospital or nothing like that, but it, it, I, it lit up my – I've had 19 surgeries so far, and anything that I've had surgery on or anything that's arthritic – Holy shit, man! The rheumatic part of the of of the sickness is killed me. I cried. I fucking cried one morning, I, I, because the, the pain was so bad. I cried, but this is before I got tested for COVID. I didn't know I had COVID. I just thought my back was fucked. I just thought my body was really falling apart and my life was over, right? You know, that kind of thing. And I just start crying. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> this pain is unrelenting. And then I found out it was COVID and then all I had to do was like a scarlet fever kind of thing. It was like a, a rheumatic attack on my joints. Yeah. So, By the then, way,
0: um, what's your Bud Light thing? I see. I have a, I have a Bud Light seltzer. Me too. Oh, dude. Cranberry. Mine I, is um, summer I, I got, ice.
1: I got the holiday pack, dude. It's yeah. Fucking, that
0: eggnog. I was nervous yeah, about that. That's my wife's favorite. Is it that's good?
1: A, yeah. Eggnog is good. So ah. I get I get it. Cause it's my wife's favorite, but this has che- cherry cordial. Holy shit, it's that looks good. That's in this bag. Cherry coral in it. Um, and then you have sugar plum. And then this is cranberry. Yeah, if I don't like the
0: eggnog, I'll just give it to my dog. No, I'm just get, but I'll tell you, they just came out with the sours, the Bud Light Seltzer sours. Those are amazing too.
1: Oh, I gotta try Yeah, that.
0: it's it's got uh like a blue raspberry one, an apple one, a watermelon one, and then a lemon one that tastes similar to the you know how
1: many people that'd be watching this. They're going to be like, you fucking.
0: The beer. second they find out we drink seltzers, they're I'll turning it what's off.
1: What's wrong with you? You're mad. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: man, I got a Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> my, uh, my beer
0: levels it out. It's okay. It's just- <laughs> yeah, exactly. The fact that you can kick somebody's ass and had 19 surgeries and CT makes the, makes the seltzer not that big of a deal. One thing I, it, it, um, one thing I definitely want to talk about, it's something I can relate to, to a degree. Um, I know you've talked about it before, talked about having a tougher time growing up, uh, being kind of an alternative minded guy and, and I guess getting picked on and just hating your situation. And from a, it's something that struck a nerve hearing it again, listening to you was the thought of from like as early as you can remember essentially having suicidal thoughts that maybe stemmed from your parents getting divorced at such a young age or, or from other things, but regardless, like literally at an insanely young age, dealing with that sort of thing and how that gets ingrained in your DNA, even if you know better in a way, like, like, you know, you're talking about these seasonal things, things like that. I can relate to despite being on the other side of things like that, Still having a bizarre connection that that maybe the average person doesn't understand. I'm not hijacking and, and speaking for you. Uh, no, tell, you're fine. Tell me a little you're, bit about you're, like you're
1: accurate as fuck. I don't. Yeah, you're
0: good. Thanks. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about like what what growing up um, the the psychology. Maybe I mean it's probably what led you to be you know a good fighter, a sensitive person, an understanding person. That some of the things you've touched on, but yeah, I guess the ultimate question too would be. Also, like on the brighter side of things, like turning points in your life, like maybe having kids, maybe achieving some level of success, accomplishing certain amount of goals. Were there times where you felt like you were completely on the other side of these sorts of notions? So.
1: Yeah, it kind of goes to that, like that I'm a a hypersensitive human. I've taken imagine like. Like I, the amount of information I take in and absorb is like a fucking shotgun blast, right? And the average person might be, you know, like the, a normal, you know, uh, non-divergent brain might be, you know, like a twenty ounce, or you know you know I mean, ounce shit. Yeah. like <laughs> like, a, like a nine millimeter, you know, of information. But this is just like, ugh. so I always saw shit. Like when I was a kid, I saw through the key of life. I would ask questions like, oh, well, let's just do this. We, why, why, isn't, why don't we just fix this or this and that? And somebody says, well, that's not how it works. When the answer is fucking obvious and you know how to fix something, and you know how to take care of something and somebody tells you that's not how it works. And you're five years old, six years old. You're, it's like, that's fucked up. I already see what you're telling me. I understood what that meant. It wasn't like, oh, okay. Right. No, I, I, I was like, no, yeah. no, no. And they're just telling me to shut the fuck up. I was the guy that was always being told, shut the fuck up. There's nobody behind the curtain, you know? (laughs) So that was depressing that I had all this love and and desire to help and do things for other people. And it was squashed. And no matter the things that I said, my point of view and my perspectives of the things I ever said, I was told, I was always told I was fucking weird. I would just say the weirdest shit, weirdest shit, and I I look back and I'm like, no man, all any adult that would hear me now as a child then would have been like, no, that's profound, that's good, and they would have like, no, let's nurture this kid, shit, man, this kid's on a good path, let's nurture him, you know, um, let's 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 really take these things. But I was a latchkey kid, um, like my nobody knew I had depression, nobody fucking knew that I wanted to kill myself at such a young age um you know i was i, I was being a Lashkey kid you know five years old six years old and you know 13 14 year old neighborhood kid had me suck his dick you know that I talk. you know through psychology talk me into it you know shit like that and i gotta wonder what's what's up with that with, with that kind of shit constantly afraid of life i was just constantly afraid i was always alone um just living in that's just what it was, it was just constant fear like i had a my first breakthrough was when I had a psychologist in the military that kind of says like, it's almost like you're born with, as a prey. Like, because uh, uh, like I could, I never could sleep at night. My, my sleep schedule is more like once the sun comes up, I'm ready to fall asleep. It's like, okay, there, there's, but that's safety. Cause I'm afraid of, the, I was afraid of the dark kind of thing. So I had to stay vigilant. I was, I'm hyper, I have hypervigilance disorder and PTSD, generalized anxiety. But I've had it since I was a kid. I lived with it. Like, I fucking was, I had to be an autodidact because I had no fucking parent that was qualified to even be a fucking parent, let alone deal with somebody who had all these issues that nobody fucking knew about ADHD, fucking depressed, suicidal ideations. And this is all at the age of fucking five, bro. You know? And they were oblivious. My brothers were oblivious. Everyone was oblivious. My brothers are 14, 13, 12 years older than me. And then after my dad divorced my mom when I was three, they he got remarried and then, you know, I had my little brother and sister who are four and eight years apart from me. And then they got divorced and then had stepbrothers, and then they got divorced and step, you know, I so they're, they're And I was just constantly drugged through things. You know, I was drugged through by my dad's ego and his narcissism. I was drugged through by my mom's narcissism and her ego and those two hating each other and fuck bro. I mean, I'm just thinking about it right now. I mean, I'm kind of yeah. like, it's, it's like, like I, I stop and think about it sometimes and I, I have to give myself some credit, you know because I fucking made it. You know, I've got, I've been married for Amen. 25 years. I've got four kids, you know, three boys and the daughter. Um, you know, they're all balanced. Yeah, we have, there's some depression in this house that's genetic. Um, but we're, we all communicate, you know, it's different. It's, I have a, I have a living situation with my family. I have like no, a lot of people would probably criticize the way I do things. They would judge me and criticize me but I know that what I'm doing is right. Just like when I was a kid, I knew what the fuck I was doing was right. I knew my, my the way I was thinking was right and everybody else was wrong. And I'm not saying that like a narcissist kind of thing. Everybody's wrong and I'm right, I'm just saying through trial and error and through my life experiences i know i was right and i know i'm right now about how i am to be and it changes because yes everything fluxes you know the i on, on my instagram page you know, i have one of my epiphanies in life i put on there and the the the, the goal is fixed and permanent but the plan is flexible and disposable
2: mm. You
1: have to change your plans. You have to do different things. You're always changing. You're always growing. And if you're not, if you're always stagnant and you're doing the same things, like in lifting, anatomical adaptation. That's why the conjugate method works, is because it takes it's constantly changing things. It doesn't allow you to adapt. Adaptation is what will kill you. You have to constantly be shocking your system, taxing your central nervous system. You know, that's what causes plaque in the brain is lack of uh figuring shit out, like having problems to figure out, doing stuff, placidity will kill you in so many ways. It'll clog your arteries. It will um, cause your brain to plaque up and give you Alzheimer's, you know, give you dementia. You know, you you have to have adversity. You have to have, but it doesn't have to be horrible. We don't have to seek out terrible life. We still have to have our recovery. I don't know if that makes sense, you know, like, like these people who are just constantly stoic. Stoic is a light switch, man. You can't live like a stoic all the fucking time. It's just no fun. <laughs> no, I'm a hedonist. <laughs> <Hedonous. laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I can definitely 100% relate to you. Like the idea of maybe having bad stuff happen to you, being around um, different forms of narcissism, different forms of of abuse. Um, depression, um, you know, maybe suicidal thoughts. I can't say that I had direct suicidal thoughts, but there were many times for a large chunk of my life. There was nobody I wouldn't want to be as much as I didn't want to be me. And I hated everything about my situation uh, on a whole for years and years uh, in almost every way. You know, I just dreamt of being other people and having other people. Situ- I mean, there were individual things I took pride in and, and things that I liked and in, in, in my family. like I appreciated things, but I can also relate to that mature sort of um, scope where like, I mean, if I had a moron teacher at five, I knew they were a moron. Like, like at a, at a, if forever, I've always had a good litmus test of when someone is smart and when someone doesn't make sense. And that part of me, I mean, I'm mature and I'm older, but sometimes I look back to things that I thought of, or I'll come across something I wrote or something when I was like a ninth grader. And I'm like, wow, like, am I dumber now? Like, holy crap. Yeah. Like I, I was pretty
1: astute, man. You know, i in ways ways we had it right. We were right. Yeah. But they fucking tried to. Like, I did it for a while, man. I fucking became a Mormon. I fucking, I went from punk rock skater to polo shirt wearing Mormon shirt and tie, you know, stopped listening to all my music and only listened to gospel, music. you know, and classical. How old were you when you got into to Mormonism? 19. It was right after That's I, what came it is, yeah. Lions I came home from the Lions. Band. Oh, wow. I was at the Lions. Then I OD'd on meth. And go. I had my first um, drop into the DMT realm, like mm. yeah, you could say. Like, it's, my I had favorite. an experience kind of thing. And that, I woke up. So, like, I was going, I was on my fifth day. I never did math before. Right. And um, I always just wanted to, all my friends in Akron, you know, always, they're always talking about it, just always talking, like, yeah. get on talking and your face hurts the next day because you're just talking, 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 blah, blah. blah. It's just so fun I just blah blah so i did it and i just i was doing it by myself i was like jason and friends were around uh they didn't want any of it but it's the fifth day my heart was going i mean you know you're about to kill dude you know it's like something's up like so i had my hand on the phone I was about ready to dial 911 and, and i just was saying i was just like i don't want to die like this i don't i'm not a drug addict i don't want my family this is what it was i didn't want my family I didn't want it to go out like that because I didn't want, because it wasn't the truth. I wasn't a fucking drug addict like that. I was just literally my first time, I was fucking stupid. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and I OD'd. Um, So I'm saying this prayer, if you will, and all of a sudden I just heard this woman's voice inside my head say, go to sleep and all will be well. And I'm like, next thing I go sit on the couch, close my eyes, I hear it again i go out i wake up the next day i walk outside and the fucking trees are talking to me not like this talking but they're communicating with me and they're telling me that everything has a soul everything is alive everything has intelligence and they're all aware and and they said basically like welcome to being aware you know and it never left it never changed. So it was like, and I kept having these feelings that I had a work to do, that I had something I was meant to do and that I need to be alive and all these kind of things. So, and then I, but I had this feeling of, well, that I had to make some changes. I had to do some things. So my buddies became Mormons. They shared it with me. And I thought this was the sign, you know, like this co coincided with the feeling. I thought this was this, I didn't have the word synchronicity back then. This is 1994. but I, I—that's what I put two and two together, and that I was supposed to do this and go on a mission. Like these were things I had to do, and I had to change everything, dude. I had to quit smoking weed, drinking alcohol, coffee, tea, tobacco, and I had to go celibate. Yeah, no more meth. off, fuck, dude. Whoa. I mean, I put myself through the psychological stoic ringer, like a motherfucker. I mean, I. I went two and a half three years with no sex wow. so I got married, so I, got married yeah.
0: I mean in a way does it does it, does it sound like something that you really really needed like in a way was it like, well, yeah, talking, you like
1: when you got someone telling you you' like this is how Christianity works your life is fine right Somebody comes in and tells you about this guy who died for all of your sins that you didn't even know you fucking had yeah you know, they're gonna tell you how horrible you are. And everything you're doing is wrong and there is no fucking chance. And then they say there's this guy who fucking did all this stuff for you. And, and so you can go to heaven, even though you never knew there was a fucking, you know what I mean? It's right. like, so it, it's, it's fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't buy. I, I, I'm, I'm completely, completely disenfranchised with God and religion. Yeah. A child and I'm like, no, I really just don't believe in God I mean- like people do conventionally. To be honest, though, you
0: know, it's one of those things like I have a couple very intelligent friends, good people, you know, one of them intelligent as hell seemed like the nicest kid sees the best in people is a good person is a positive energy he got hanging out with, with white supremacists at, supremacists at the end of high school. And, and even now he still is like a removal from that, but sometimes like shit like a liberal president and stuff like that makes him just kind of sound a little bit like borderline white separatists. And he's only been able to pan back and dial back. He needs the, the psychedelic breakthrough or something or some sort of an epiphany. But, and then another one, got into like a gang, you know, attempted murder, that kind of, so it doesn't, it seems like you got an experience that you were able to fully remove from and go through something very pivotal yeah. and,
1: and good. At first I was pretty, you know, I was like, man, I wasted so much time. I, I, so many things I would not have done, but you know, I would never would have met my wife. Man. I mean, like, I, I can't imagine anybody else, you know, that could put up with me. Yeah. You know for this for 25 years and want to for another 25 more you know um she's great my kids are great um but i also i traveled and i did things i served a mission i did shit that nobody a lot of people can ever say they will ever fucking do in their life i was a god i was a fucking missionary right as a matter of fact right. I, was, I had tattoos too you know, i had all my foreign tattoos and stuff so i remember this one time i was riding up bonanza this fucking hill it's like this and there was all these goth kids standing outside this like church or whatever and they looked over and they go mormons suck and I, without hesitation I go, Fuck <laughs> <you."> <laughs> and they're like and i drop my bike and i start walking towards them. and my companion is still riding he doesn't know what's going on and we have this rule where you have to be with your companion like you can't let him out of your sight kind of thing so i'm like fucking lucky Got back on my bike, caught up to my (laughs) (laughs) companion. That's that's funny. You're like the
0: one Mormon who could be like, bro, I'm more fucking goth than you. You don't know.
1: There's these skater kids once. We were walking, doing our tracking, and they were making fun of us. And I walk up to one. I kind of get in his face. Let me see your board. So I fucking do a street plan. I I start skating, and I do a street plant. And yeah, like and then a street plant, and and I taught them a lesson.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I taught, Bro, I, taught, I was I taught them a discussion. A more yeah. discussion. I was born suicidal, you fucking poser. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, hot topic, man.
1: Yeah, that was another thing, man. Being surrounded by these little fucking dorks. I was 22 years. I was no, 21 when I went on my mission, and uh I all these kids are 18 Mormons who never fucking left Utah. Or whatever. Fuck. yeah we have these these ideas of what life is like and i'm already like you guys are fucking snow job like crazy holy shit that ain't real life i remember this one missionary saying like man i would if i saw someone smoking a cigarette i would never be friends with them or i'm like well shit you never would have been friends with me you know yeah. <laughs> you're, you just taught you're just i'm a con, I was, I was being a convert to the church covered in tattoos man I didn't fit in well at all, no matter where I went. Either I was a like I was always a uh, either like a fun sideshow, like carnival sideshow kind of attraction, or this sob story of like how awesome of a conversion story I was. This hard fighting, fucking drug doing, right. doing I gave myself to the Lord, you brother. You know, right? <laughs> Fuck off, oh, God. The shit that people do. I don't know. But but here's the thing. If people believe in religion, I'm cool with that. Like, I don't think you're stupid or whatever. I know I'm an intelligent person and I believed in fucking Mormonism for Christ's sake. You know, know, it's pretty extreme. Um, You know, but it made the most sense to me. You know, it had a lot of scientific, more scientific type explanations of things, more plausible reasons. Like we have a mother and father in heaven. It wasn't just God just being an old dude. We actually have heavenly parents and that we all lived there as spirits before we came to this earth. And this earth is for us to obtain bodies, to experience this pain and uh, to experience hardship, you know, you know, leaving, you know, not being trust fund kids anymore, you know, and then our whole goal is to go back with honor. You know and then, yeah, be resurrected to your body, become a god, and be like our heavenly parents and have our own children, have our own worlds, and that kind of stuff. That was appealing to me, honestly. You know, it was a cool, it was better than playing harps and floating around in clouds kind of heaven afterlife. Yeah. You know, it's, it wasn't that's not fun. I'd rather be in hell getting poked in my ass with a pitchfork or something. That if that's if that's how it is, yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, so yeah, I did the, I I had the epiphany and, and had my first like touch with near death or whatever. But I'll tell you, you know, like, you know, DMT is, is near death. I mean, it's that was that right there helped me a ton with like leaving, like when I was leaving the church and trying to reshape myself and help myself with the CT. Yeah, I don't know what I don't have an actual diagnosis, but motherfucker, I've had compound concussion after compound concussion, and the way my brain works, um, I, I have to get checked out for TBI. or something. Um, But
0: so you uh, mean doing doing DMT post or or integrating out of Mormonism? You mean is what you're referring yeah. To? So
1: so mushrooms and DMT and LSD were a real major part in helping me break. The programming, yes, the brainwashing of life. You know, I gave myself all that. I mean, like, what really started it? Because I mean, I was a, like so. When I was before the church, I was you know the punk rock Democrat, you know, <laughs> you know the liberal kind of thing. And then when I joined the Mormon Church, I became a very extreme conservative. Okay, even mm-hmm. um, you know, I would have been fine with Christianity being the. <laughs> The world religion kind of thing, like it was, it was weird. Um, Very, I was very like leaning fascism, you know, kind of thing. It was, it was weird. Um, But then, when I was in Okinawa, when the tsunami happened in Jakarta, Sumatra, I was first American, one of the first Americans there to open up shop and help get supplies in the region. Something happened to me on that trip, man, where I'm around all these people where everything was taken from them and everything's just, they're just smiling and happy. It's just, it was just a major shift. It was a paradigm shift of reality from what the Mormon paradigm was and the conservative paradigm was of how everything is. There's traveling the world just was different. It opened my mind and eyes to, to, to fight my cognitive dissonance. Um, cognitive dissonance. Uh, but uh, it was, the worm turned I gave up politics it was like okay no more you know I'm not into just something happened I don't know it wasn't any one thing it was just this overwhelming thing that's spending 50 days in a tsunami destroyed region you know and being around people who don't skip a beat in their happiness it was just nuts um it was a major shift for me um but yeah I uh I kind of threw, took off the gloves of nationalism and uh, became more of like, uh, like, like what you would find in uh, liberation theology, like we're all legals, you know, we're all trespassers yeah. on this planet. You know, boundaries and borders are imaginary things. And I was like, we're like, I was, me and a friend, were talking about time. this is like a fucking prison planet. Humans are the only fucking thing that will imprison ourselves and each other you know, we do it, like, think of city block, it's a cell block, your apartment building or your house, it's your cell, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's like, everything about it is, is designed to be a prison, you know, it's like, I like, like, these romantic ideas of alien battles and stuff, and that this was a, a place for prison, you know, and aliens fucking didn't want to do the work, because it's all hard work, so they took monkeys and spliced their dna and made us so that we could be their slaves and work for them you know what i mean but doesn't that make sense that we're just slaves who are we slaves to right
0: (laughs) i mean yeah it's um So So hard, man, because I mean, even that is just one sliver of the biggest picture, right? Like even if that's the picture, even if that's the case, there's a bigger picture than that one. Like we're so caught up on like ones, what's one step away from us as if that's the end. Like something DMT has taught me is that there's something on the other side of every other other side and something grander. And even if you tap into something infinite, there's probably a deeper layer of infinite. And there's it. It's
1: so deep. There's so much to, comprehend potential. Infinite, to truly comprehend the infinite. When you mm. start doing doesn't your brain, start burning a little bit. Yeah, man. So, yeah. I get something happening. Like when I start really like and that's just in sobriety, not actually doing a dmt trip or anything like that i just like what was i fucking saying shit yeah Um,
0: getting lost in the idea of the infinite yeah yeah
1: like even as a
0: sober person my
1: brain almost gets hot yes well like a swelling kind of feeling it's like it's Uh, we it's but when i'm in the dmt state or mushroom state or something or acid state i'm able to endure that i'm able to not just endure it but explore it
0: experience Mm -hmm. it you become it sometimes
1: yeah dude i don't do things i don't do these things to have fun i do things to learn yeah about myself and the universe you know i mean it doesn't it's 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 a necessity man like it'll it will help you break cycles that are bad. It will help break programming. It will help you form new pathways, neural pathways, new ways of thinking, uh, makes you very adaptive. Um, there's so many ways. And then uh, it's, it, it's the best medicine. You know, I You got don't have to, to
0: consider faith. You don't have to consider the notion of whether or not there's something greater. No, you you're right to there. know. You
1: know. Yeah, it's it's having a perfect knowledge instead of yeah. faith, and yeah. you know, and I know damn well that like all these prophets or whatever, you know, and scriptures that was written under the influence of this stuff.
0: Oh, absolutely, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a quick thing, like like it's my, true. yeah. Uh, so true. like
1: it has DMT in it.
0: Yeah. So uh, uh, for me, I had about a year period of time where I really threw myself to the DMT fire. I was going through like a sacrament, like I'm saying sacrament, like like a ceremonial daily Mm -hmm. DMT session. And it led me to yoga practice. It led me to mindfulness. It led me to being able to conceptualize almost anybody who's, has like philosophically sound things to say. It made me, it it unlocked insane amount of empathy. It makes me consider so many things that I never would have considered. It's made me more gentle. Yes, 100%. I'm way more gentle with people that don't know any better. I forgive people for the fun, for the the craziest things. And I say, I could have just as easily. I could have just as easily. And
1: you're forgiving yourself now too, right? yes. Hundred percent with it, yeah. You know, yes. it's it led it leads it, it will teach uh, it will teach you. It will lead you in right ways, and by the fruits you shall know them. Mm-hmm. If somebody religious wants to say it's you know it's what I fucking got off of. I got off of eight different medications, mm-hmm. Percocet being one of them. This was given to me. I wasn't like I was doing. I didn't have to go to the street to get shit. I, this was prescribed to me. Okay, this was my daily prescription. Percocet, uh, Celexa, which is an antidepressant, Lyrica, which is another antidepressant, but also for my fibromyalgia, Neurontin, Gabapentin, you know, uh, for nerve pain, Um, uh, Flexerol, Ambien, uh, uh, Concerta, keep me awake during the day, Fuck. Okay. Where's the other one? I got one more. Um, shit, I'll think of it. Were you on oh, any sort of like oh, mood okay. thing, antidepressant uh, or something? Uh, uh, Anti anxiety. It was, uh, uh, they would switch me between clonopin and Adivance. Right, right. And then, so that was my cocktail. Mm. So I had one doc tell me, ask me, like, how the fuck am I still alive? Yeah. You know, it's like, after being on that, I was on that for, for about five years, uh, not five, not five. So it was from 2007. Yeah. 2007 to about 2012. Yeah. This is normal. I, this is normal. I so mean between, people. Between marijuana, between marijuana and psychedelics, I got off of every fucking single one of those medications. And I, I, Graduated with a 3.85 grade point average in from uh, you know for marketing and entrepreneurship and social entrepreneurship. Um, uh, I would have had a 4.0, but I had to quit smoking weed for three months for a drug test for an internship. <laughs> I, ended up with, I got a migraine from February 2nd till April 10th. I had to get CAT scans and shit, see what the fuck was going on. But uh, as soon as I could smoke again, it went away. Uh, but yeah, so I... Yeah. All of that. Like, I, 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 and what, what was I going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah. So all my accomplishments, it's like, and I invented, yeah. and I'm about to patent some new revolutionary fucking equipment. <laughs> it's insane. I love and, it, dude. I love and, it. And I got myself, you know, from being a psychotic, screaming, yelling, father creating, you know, secondary PTSD in my family to a calm and gentle being who's actually able now to coach other people and how to be gentle (laughs) you know it's like but that's why that's one of the things if anybody's watching this and knows me it's like that's one of the reasons why i stay away from certain kinds of people i don't like being around tough guys yeah because i'm trying to be gentle i'm trying to not be the yelling person i'm trying to be the quiet person i'm trying to be the listener and all these things that i'm notoriously not you know what I mean, but those the psychedelics showed me that it, it's very autodidactic in a way. You know, you, I mean, we don't know if it's our brain. It, it can't just be our brains because I know we see the same fucking things. You know, we, I see it when somebody draws their experience. I'm like, yeah, I've fucking seen that. And yeah. we see it in art all around us. Most stuff, you know. And then I've learned through the Wim Hof method of how to create a DMT dump without even smoking. Oh, I have, yeah. I, do, I do DMT every single day, about three times a day. From the way off I, yeah. dude, I am where I'm actually participating like like some like for some people it's when like they think they're going out, like they'll stand up and get that lightheadedness. I don't get a lightheadedness, I actually drop in. Everything gets the you know, the oh yeah the, the way everything looks and that thing, and I'm not about to pass out or anything, but I'm in the you know kind of like i'm being shook up and i'm seeing everything and it just it happens literally about two to three times a day dude against my will for me so, i go ahead go ahead what you're gonna say oh no it's just it's just it just happens against my will it's like it's so cool it's not scary it's not bad And it's not a yeah. flashback like what people oh that's probably a flashback and that's back. no it's i do the wim hof method of breathing and when i do the, that breathing i know what's happening i know how to tap into it now i don't even need to
0: You feel great afterwards. No, for me, I do a weird thing where I'm like sniffing as if I was a dog, like fire breathing and allow like something to sort of like open up in my belly to where it's very overwhelming. And then I start to feel something generating inside me that doesn't happen with other forms of rapid breathing for me. For some reason, I think it's just because I have a chronically like closed off diaphragm. It doesn't matter. The point is when I do it, and then I just need to tell myself to make it past the discomfort and close my eyes and go internal. And it's like beyond passing out. It's like beyond hyperventilating and it's like going external through going internal. And you get like just this, you become more and more, you just a very heightened state of everything. And then it is like the door is opened and you're experiencing things that in what's so wild about it is you don't even realize when it's happening. Usually that it's different. You don't even realize that you're there yet. You're like, okay, keep doing this. Eventually I'm going to be, yeah, I feel like it's coming on. No dummy. It's already there. (laughs) You don't even realize you're like seeing like this crazy shit. Sometimes, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, 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 it's wild. Um, Aubrey Marcus just did a thing where he was in the darkness for like three days and he just, a DMT trip just started coming on full blown and he stayed there. And he was able to talk through it. He was able to realize it. And it's like, this is something that people from back in the day were tapping into on the regular.
1: Doing, on the regular. Doing the DMT, those things are, they're just, they're, they're just little, uh, they're sneak peeks for what yes. we can do. We can yes. do these things on our own. We can get there. The first, matter of fact, uh, I was what, like 16 or 15 years old and I was meditating in my living room, just doing breathing meditation that I learned from martial arts. And all of a sudden, I was like, almost like weightless. And like, my, my, I just get my eyes closed, but I just felt like this opening, like my body was doing this and opening up. And uh, there's I was in, D, I, after I did DMT, I'm like, that's what that's, that's exactly what happened to me when I was 15. That's exactly what I experienced through meditation. So like, these things are just kind of like sneak peeks or like crutch, like, yeah, sometimes I, I don't we don't have we're not in the mind frame to get ourselves there or whatever, you just need to just I can go into DMT land and get your answers or, you know, you know, do the discipline, you know, and try getting there without it. Yes.
0: Yeah. 100%. And I only know to the level in which I've taken it, like, like therapy. I know that if this, if it was my goal, like if I was in, in a jail cell and it was my goal to get to DMT land, I think I would get a much purer, clearer, cleaner version and even stronger version and and parts of me would stay there like you know when you become one with the infinite and you come back it's like part of you stayed there it's something that's it's not even whether or not we can
1: go there we're always there no it's 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 what it is it's yeah we're always there it's It's always yeah you're just coming back a little haunted that's all you're you're, yeah you know you're it's you're able to just see more man i don't know it's it's yeah it's, it's right it's a good thing you know uh, i really truly believe that it's a good thing psychedelics and you know it needs uh, the medicine is you know like uh neuromedicine is starting to really break through like with uh, mdma and you know psilocybin research and stuff like that and they're really finding that it helps but it's like they cannot fucking deny yeah that it helps the brain And like, I got to think about it. My mom's got Alzheimer's. My grandmother on my father's side had Alzheimer's. I have to protect my brain. Marijuana and psychedelics help with those things because it keeps the brain firing, keeps it going. Remember, like, we don't want to let it decay. We don't want, like, when we sit too long, we rust. You know, a sitting duck is a dead duck. The only thing that keeps me going after all these surgeries, I mean, I got fucking two titanium rods in my lower back and a plate in my neck. You know, and then my SI joints are, are falling apart right now and completely arthritic. It's, it's hell. Um, but I still, one thing I learned in an acid trip and my intention on an acid, this specific acid trip was how to heal. And I was, I always avoided the pain, you know, but now within this trip, like I was trying to get, I learned, I actually learned, it taught me how to fix my SI joints on a daily basis on how to get them to be set and good for the rest of the day. Dude, a hundred
0: percent. No, I, I, somebody that when you were talking about the nerve pain, the chronic pain, all that, I mean, I can relate tremendously. I mean, I through from powerlifting, from being obese when I was younger, from just bizarre things, injuries. I mean, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I don't want to know essentially, but, but I I've seen the light. I've seen the sides of things that you can figure it out. You can find a way to subjectively both reverse engineer and figure out and mentally and physically be on the other side of it, given any circumstance. It's not that surgery is necessarily right or wrong. It's not that a medicine that helps us necessarily right or wrong, but there is a way to align and figure yourself out. And I've been shown that it's an emotional thing. It's a physical thing. It's an any, it's abstract. It's greater than that. It's it's skeletal, neurological, muscular. It's, spot, it's fifth, sixth, seventh, Eighth systems it's a it's a chi system it's a it's a chakra system it's all of them
1: yeah it's it's all we, we are we have we're the total package we have all the knowledge and all the information within us it's all there it's always been there it's what it is is it's a it's an act of remembering it's an act of peeling off a, a, a protective or not a, a coating of you that reveals the knowledge you know, we don't actually learn, we just remember in life, you know? Yeah. It's, we already have all the, we know everything, but we've cluttered ourselves. We've like, think of a, a wire that needs to conduct electricity and it's corroding. You know, we've allowed a corrosion on the terminal. You know, we have to keep it clean and, thing, and we have to do these things. We have to, a, a good person will be in good shape, will be kind, will be, you know, Like, again, the fruits, you you will know them, you know, a good, well-rounded human in all things is going to be flexible, movable, you know, can still move and do all the things and will help other people and just be uh, so, I'm having a hard time getting out what's in my head, of what I want to say about this. (laughs) As I had this thought the other day of what a righteous person would look like, you know, a big fat overweight, you know, obese person spouting off moral things is just, it's just a shut the fuck up kind of thing, but it's not about that. It's, it's simply like this total package. You're going to be in good shape. You're going to have a healthy mental mindset. You're not going to be flying off the handle on an emotional human. You're not going to speak in absolutes of always and never. You're going to be this flowy, fucking person it's not who believes in anything or it says you know everything but is willing to allow things to pass through you and yeah by you and and you don't have to accept everything but you can hear everything without having a trigger you're in control of your own perspective yeah. You can channel your perspective.
0: And I don't know about you, but knowing that there is something greater than you out there, knowing that there is something that 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 sees more than the the, the K-Fob that you present, there is somebody that actually knows you and something that knows you to the truest level. And, and if it's the karma gods or whatever, I mean, what a, what a deal to become a better person. And then you know that going back into this headspace you're going to pay for the wrong that you, that you affect, you're going to be, you're going to feel the repercussions of being of a way that is not aligning with your in truest inner
1: self. So I don't know about Heaven you. Heaven hell is within your head. Heaven yeah. and hell, right here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I can make a bad decision and hate myself for it and judge myself for the rest of my life and give, put myself in hell, live in hell. Yes. Yeah, you know, or I can live with a clear conscience. That's what, what I, you know, heaven and hell has to do with your conscience. Is it clear? Yeah. You know, you're your own judge, you know, what can you live with? Right. You live with yourself. You know, that's, I'm the hardest person for me to live with, you know, and I live with five other people. That's no that, what Yeah. Whether. It's, it's hard to accept myself. You know what I mean? But you know, Hey, it's like, it's, I, I always call it like, you know, when people call it perfectionism and shit like that, or when you're harder on yourself than you are on others, I call that a form of narcissism, a moral yeah. narcissism, where you think you're better than other people because you hold yourself to a higher standard. Like why, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, you don't see each other. Either. Like you're, you're literally by doing that, you're even judging other people. You're putting yourself higher than them. It's that hero mentality It's bullshit. Yeah. You know I, I had that uh, one of my f- recent posts was you know i'm the proverbial uh uh warrior in the garden but the garden is much harder to fucking tend than any war <laughs> yeah you know? you know it's it's real easy to fucking do a one and done die for something but put one foot in front of the other daily to live for something that's endurance yeah you know like like people want to you know uh, put so much emphasis on self-sacrifice and sacrificing yourself for others. That's stupid. It's fucking dumb. How does that further, how does that help this world? Why do you have to lay your down your life for somebody else? Yeah. Yeah. You love that thing and so on. And you be willing to do that, but it's still not the right fucking answer. And how capable are are you of helping others
0: when you haven't, you know lived for it's it's a you become a very powerful tool for others when you've when you've walked your own path man for sure you can really help others people you can really bring out the good in others by showing them what they're capable of through living your life a certain way you know leading by example
1: a hundred percent yeah and and that was just it's kind of like an allusion you know to the bullshit of the political theology that i was talking about earlier you know The greatest thing you can do as an American is to go die for your country. Yeah. I like Patton's idea better. I would let the other poor bastards die for their country. (laughs) You know, Um, but like, again, with political theology, they like a lot of the people who believe in that kind of thing are Christians, you know? And the argument against that would be, what did Jesus say? He is the last great sacrifice. You know, nobody can sacrifice themselves for another. You know that that's a blasphemy. You know it's like you're not supposed to go sacrifice. Human sacrifice is stupid, folks. It's wrong. <laughs> yeah, don't go sacrificing yourself.
0: No, it's a it's a it's, you become you're basically just being a slave through helping others
1: when you could be
0: Look, like a I'm you going be, be a leader and health. help
1: others. We're going and dying so that the politicians' kids won't, or that the people who are paying the politicians as the lobbyists, you know, in the fucking military complex you know industrial complex and then other things you know it's like all the people who run the country they're not they're not making any sacrifices they want us to yeah this is funny that, that alone yeah it's good we got down this
0: this conversation because uh because we actually i had like a couple more things it doesn't matter we've covered on them but the last thing i had written in your bio on here was some hyperspace street cred with psychedelic gods. <laughs> You've got the street cred with the psychedelic gods. So it's cool we've gone down this lane. I, I do have a question um, with something that you said, and it it you, you touched on it when you said, like, being able to do all these different things, you have your business going, you all this... Ryan in the Grappling Central podcast made a comment. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have martial arts. I don't know what I would do with my life. And you were like, bro, I would do anything. I would get into tattoo art. I would get into this. I would get into, I could take any, you know, like, like you yeah. could live a million lives in this one
1: life. And I related I'm to that so much. I believe in that. Like, I've, I've yes. had, I like, I must've been an octopus and a past. <laughs> yeah because the octopus is is the perfect mascot of my life it's the perfect and and people think i'm weird with it or whatever but it, it, dude i'll cry over that shit like that shit touches yeah me. like the the octopus is real man like and, like my life of 19 surgeries and constantly being fucked you know but always moving forward i i i tend to regenerate somehow like i'm you can't keep me down kind of thing um you know, like when I move, when I grapple, you know, every everything has its own, you know, all my limbs have their own brain. They all just know where to go. They know what to do. I mean, um, I, I can be this or that. I can look like this or look like that. It doesn't, you know, I, I, I'm better than a chameleon when it comes to that. Now I'm not saying I'm fake. Right. I'm just saying I can adapt to the situation. Like any Marine would, would, would appreciate, adapt and overcome. You know that's what an octopus does. I adapt and overcome. This this tattoo right here says Fukutsu. It's it's indomitable. You know you know never stop, never never let anything keep you back. You know uh, Alien Blueprint. You know uh, that's a that's a nod towards Henry Rollins' song. You know his right. it, you know, him. He was my one of my but uh, uh, my remote mentors in life. You know. You know his his spoken words and his messages and even fuck Black Flag had wisdom. Yeah, that, that was a classic dude. That was just a wholesome fucking band. I mean, that's that was he's wholesome if you think about it. Henry Rollins is a wholesome human being. But the Alien Blueprint, you know, my, this is the name of my company, um, which you know I, I just kind of kept it. it. Was like, uh, hey, you kind of helped me make it through my life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the song Alien Blueprint. If you listen, pull that up sometime and. It's the one that done at Lollapalooza. He gives a he gives a forward to this to the song about you know, yeah, growing up you know being told you're a fucking idiot you're, you know, and you go on make, YouTube by the way yeah and you fucking make it anyways you know it, it's about making it anyways that's what my life is about <laughs> yeah and you know it's like I never got to be a champion because it was always another surgery uh, around the corner every time I think I'm getting ready to do something great surgery like when I fought when I took second in the in the uh, first Arnold Classic grappling tournament uh I just came a year to the day of having double shoulder surgery so I spent that whole year down and then I got to train maybe a month I was asked at the last minute to I wasn't even going to compete in it I didn't think I could you know just had fucking double shoulder surgery um and I ended up taking second place I lost to David Van Est, and then him and I became really good friends and training partners. Really cool. But, and then after that, you know, surgery, you know, and then I joined the military, um, you know, just, there was just never, I was never meant to be a champion. I was never meant to be something great in martial arts. My thing, my shtick in, in our industry is that I have been around from the beginning. I've been doing, like, 1990s is when I started martial arts in general. 1994 was when I got, you know, or watched we watching the first UFC, fought in the second, trained fighters to fight in it. You know, I've always been connected to it somehow. Um, I've always evolved. I kept learning. I achieved black belts in judo. I was a striker when I fought in UFC, and now I have more grappling experience than I do striking. Um, so I took my weakness and turned it into a greater strength than I ever, you know, ever have. Um, no, I'm not a champion, um, but I can make you one. (laughs) Uh, I've got all the knowledge to do it, you know, that kind of thing. So I have to live through other people now when it comes to that, but guess what? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck if my fighters win or lose. I care about what's going on in between their head and, and how they feel, you know, um, I give them knowledge and it's, it's up to them with what they, what they do with it, um, but uh, that's that's the real deal. I'm not some awesome anything. I'm no Gordon Ryan. I'm no Ken Shamrock. I'm no Hoyt Gracie. I've just got longevity. I've been never stopped doing it, and I've kept my eyes and ears open. And I have I've always had cutting edge ideas on it. Like you know what I mean? Like I've always been ahead. Yeah. This is the way my brain works. This is just my savant. This is. Martial arts is, is what I know really well. Um,
0: yes. It's a lot of fortitude that other people don't hold on to, man. There's just that nonstop, like, that perseverance and fortitude and um, just constantly on the other side of your mistakes, constantly on the other side of your, uh, you
1: know, uh, weaknesses. Um, yeah, man. If you don't give up and you stay in the game, it's just, dude, life is long. like. Yeah. It's never too late for anything. It's it's fucking nuts. And once you get, I've tapped into. I I don't. I haven't lived in time for a long time. Mm. Time is gone. Doesn't exist to me anymore. It's not running out. Um, I know now. (laughs) Yeah. Just be. Just do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I agree, man. Uh, You talked about. Um, tattoos. I have like a lot. I have a thing you can't see it on here too well, but it's just it's the part of it's just a hand that has a an infinity sign tattooed on it. Yeah. The bottom of it is decaying and dying, and the top of it is is this bright uh, compass of of infinite energy, and it's just like represents that there is we are tapped into compass? at the way top. I don't know if you can see. There's like the fingertip is a compass gotcha There's like a bright gotcha. little psychedelic balls, b- burst of it but the idea is like of 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 Everything we are losing and holding on to everything at the at the exact same time, like this infinite and finite, mortal and what it's like. We live forever, but everything dies at the same time. Yes. And that the paradox, the grand paradox, is once you've once you've come to the paradox, once you've come to the yin and the yang, you know you you know you've figured it out. <laughs> all,
1: and all the par- a, a sure
0: sign of a truth is that it's a paradox. Yes, I agree so much. All
1: truth is a paradox. You
0: can't take it any further than that. <laughs> that no, is technology. that is nature. That's the scientific law. Um, I I do want to ask you something. You're the perfect person to ask for this because the first guest I had, he has a very good understanding of what's lost in modern-day strength philosophy. And you're somebody that's been around. You know martial arts, like you said, especially in in our martial arts since the beginning. I mean, I mean, even jujitsu was in its infantile stages compared to what it is now. Yeah, what, in America. What, what do you think is this? This might be tough to, but I'm sure you'll have something. What do you think is missing? If there was something that that people nowadays don't understand about the way that it was, what what his what history needs to be remembered for martial artists and and people whether they're a sports competitor whether they're just practicing anything is there something at the high level that is missing that 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 people possessed it, maybe not fully obviously people of the modern day maybe have have progressed in a way that it's but but th- there's got to be p- pieces that you you that are absent from the way things were and this is on the strength side of the no, I was just saying that my first guest oh, okay. has a similar commentary on strength and conditioning. I was saying from a martial arts perspective. Oh,
1: okay, here's okay. what's this, missing. Le- okay, so this is my this is another one of my shticks. This is what, like, if if you were to talk to Emil Fisher or anybody who's ever you know with a seminar or private lesson or whatever, is that the the slowdown? Everybody's just constant. Go 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 go! Hard work hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work, hard work. Not enough soft work. Not enough working with your blood pressure low, your heart rate low, no fucking adrenaline dumps or anything like that. Actually, smoothly learning and working techniques and concepts. Mm. Like I don't do big warm-ups before we before i teach or anything i don't want anybody breaking a sweat hard or anything like that that's for after you know like or you'll you'll through through the drilling you'll get your warm-up it's you're not we're literally going smooth i don't want to talk louder than this when i'm teaching Mm. you understand what i mean it's a different uh, like when i've taken people and like usually in a private lesson man they've like i don't even want to go back to class i just want my lessons to be like this you know, I had one time where me and my tattoo artist, one of my best friends, uh Rich Cook, uh, we we're at Grace Graystone Tattoo Company. You know, I, I trade jujitsu. He does the octopus, right? So one day we, I took my travel mask, we put it in his backyard, and we're out there in our geese grappling, and all of a sudden it's a thunderstorm. Man, just out of nowhere, I didn't even know it was gonna happen. i don't like, should we clean up? No, my, my mats are waterproof. Let's just stay up. Let's just do jujitsu like this man i remember i had he had me pinned down i was on my back and i look up and i just see this giant raindrop whoo, bah, right in my eye it was just such a cool zen kind of feeling and we after we were done we we're both ruined it was like mm-hmm. we don't ever want to do jujitsu in a, in a class again you know yeah. um, but when you spend a half hour with me and i'm teaching you something you're going to get it Anytime I ever teach anything, you don't leave me that day, that lesson, that hour, whatever, until you have it. And I, the way I teach, people get it very quickly. I teach in a way that you learn very fast, and it's because I'm an autodidact. I'm a very diver, or neurodivergent thinker and odd person it's hard for people to teach me i have to basically just okay just spit out the information and i'm gonna take it and i'm gonna go home with it and i'm gonna learn it i have a hard time because um, they have a hard time understanding what i'm doing up here like kind of like how you are saying how your brain works you know i get it yeah so yeah i don't know what i was saying um you yeah,
0: know just the idea of how you're conveying these things slowing things down so it can be understood a yeah. certain way, yeah. the way I teach,
1: sorry it's the way I, it's the topic is the way i teach
0: okay
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well you see how bad this is dude like i'll do this in class no. and i'm saying hey guys what did i just say <laughs> sorry yeah. and it's starting to scare me honestly it's like uh, anyways um but yeah i uh i'd like to keep the heart rate down and you know because uh, you've learned better. When as soon as you have adrenaline, adrenaline uh uh, qu- uh kicks in cortisol. Cortisol goes onto your dendrite, coats your dendrite, and doesn't allow the synapses to make a connection. It doesn't allow you to create memory. Mm. So when you take the cortisol out of the equation, the adrenaline out of the equation, you now have the ability to absorb. Love it. Yes. So what you want is your first half hour of instruction to be like that and then ramp up the drilling. of uh, you, So you've done this a thousand times slow and smooth and smooth is fast kind of thing. Now we start adding speed and getting our heart rate up and getting that muscle memory attached to the, you know, everything else and, and doing it under a stressed environment. You see what I mean? It, it's, a, it's a sequence of events of how you need to learn in order for you to obtain it and use it. And as I've done that, it really works. That's kind of like the main thing I get. Like I had, I I was doing this really complicated leg lock seminar. And there was a guy from the school that it was literally his first class was my leg lock seminar. And he did it just fine. His literal first fucking jujitsu class was my seminar, leg lock seminar. And he was hitting those fucking leg locks by the end of the day. Like everything he was doing, he was doing mechanically sound and everything. His own stupid thoughts weren't getting in the way. Boy, are we used to that,
0: trying to show people stuff. Well, well I was just thinking if. oh, no, 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 stop. Yeah. what I'm saying. Stop telling me what you were thinking. Clear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to know why you were doing the wrong shit. We need to know why we're doing it the other way. I'll tell you something that's very inspiring about you, and it was affirming. Here's this guy talking about exactly the way I bring all of my arts and things together to make unique me. You were talking about how, and this is something that I think the greatest could be better at, and it would change the game. You'd get a lot more artists out there and a lot more fingerprints out there. And I can't say that it would always be beneficial, but 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 it's such a great tool. So you talked about how there's so many things to be learned and applied to fighting, to, to, to grappling, to whatever, that so much so that that you've learned things like systema or been around things like that. And you've found a way to find the parts of it that can be beneficial. And for me, yeah. For instance, when I was learning the drums, I was thinking, I'm not learning the drums. I'm learning jujitsu. Why? Because I'm learning how to juggle left hand, right hand, my feet. I'm thinking of rhythm and how it applies. Oh, the
1: door, the door. Yeah. Hearts off, soft, hearts off, soft, heart's, yes. hearts off. That kid is so fucking hard for me, by the way.
0: Yeah, you're juggling. Then, if you add the nod, so why did I start nodding my head to a rhythm while I was drumming? Because in jujitsu, I'm doing jujitsu. I'm juggling my left arm, my right arm, head yes. position, foot, foot. Both now I want to listen.
1: The guitar is amazing and piano and stuff like that because it, it's using both hemispheres, it's joining both. Yes. Hemispheres. It's almost like a psychedelic. Music is a form of like playing music and hearing music is a form of psychedelic therapy. So yeah, this thing that it, you've
0: done, you can now apply to your grappling, your fighting. If you're aware of it, you can apply it tenfold. So are there like things like, like, for instance, how I just said that maybe when I'm learning musical scales, maybe I'll think of drills. And then when I'm learning how to actually play music, I think of rolling or whatever analogies. Are there things that you can think of that you've applied to the artist that is
1: you? Well, that, 12 that, octaves is all there is. Yeah. There's only twelve techniques, but an endless amount of symphonies can be made. Same thing with jujitsu. Yes, there's only a certain amount of techniques, but it's there's only so many techniques really, but infinite amount of ways we can we, we can do it. It's how it? Twelve. It's one of the magic numbers. But music what, what is. you think of.
0: What do you think of like the idea of connectivity and invisible jujitsu and like becoming one with the energy that you're, co- you're, you're connected to? Like, do you think about that kind of stuff when you're, when you're locked up with somebody, are you thinking about the parts of you that are connected to them in a cerebral way, a sensitivity sort of way?
1: Let's hold that thought. I got to piss so bad. Yeah,
0: go pee. I'll go pee go too. Pee. So if you're listening, just, I'm going to pee too. All right. All right. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
1: All right, I am back, guys. It's been a great podcast so far. Sean's awesome. My dog is sleeping on the couch. He was snoring at one part.
0: He's giving me a funny look. You're a good boy, huh? Thank God American Bulldogs don't bark a lot.
1: Killing it over there, bud. Sorry about that. No, Prostate. you're good. So, so, um, if I hold my piss for so long, dude, like yeah. I try to go, my prostate's a little bit enlarged, and it's
0: like, nah, oh my God.
1: good. So I'm so, thinking
0: another 15, 20 minutes. So we'll, we'll t- wrap this up, and then, uh, um, you know, we can always, like I said, I'm, I'd love to have you on again. But do you remember what we were talking about?
1: Yeah, so that was cool. a good question. Like, do like I feel like like, where I feel all the energies, like kind of, like in my mind. Yeah, so yes. the first time I ever experienced... A heavy mindful roll was I had this hour long roll we, I was I made us all listen I was in Okinawa. I had a school there in Okinawa. I was on base. it was like a racquetball room court turned into a dojo. And uh, I put on lateralis mm. uh and just played that the whole time and we all just grappled to it and I just hit this flow state of just this untouchability, this zen fucking where everything was in line in every way and I was damn near indestructible kind of thing. Like I knew the end from the beginning. I was tapping and you know this is me Mormon boy completely sober, you know, kind of thing. I was, you know, I've, I've been having I am a psychedelic experience. Okay. You know, <laughs> I am I am psychedelics. Okay. I'm like, you know, Uh, uh, Matter of fact, one of the last times I I did DMT, it told me don't come back. Yeah, bring others.
0: (laughs) I've been there. I came back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Me too, but I needed a confirmation that I still was loved. That I needed to be—that was still worth being loved. Yeah. You see, no, you see, that's that's why I do things like that. You know, it's to to make sure, like, hey, am I still worth loving? yeah it, yeah the answer is yes I mean but I gotta go and you know get the you know hear it you know it's just like I still need to hear it sometime um, but yeah man like if, if you don't have spiritual experiences you know doing jujitsu you're doing it wrong yes yeah. it's, it's a it's a craft it's a craft that will you know, like anything we do we'll make any true craft out there you can learn about yourself. Masons, you know, you know, did it with using masonry, <laughs> you know, the Freemasons they, they use it could be a boat. Masonry could have been built or you know, done around boat builders. It could have been around house builders. It could have been whatever, you know, a cabinet maker. Right. You know, it's, it's just esoterics, it's taking stories, parables of and comparing them to your life and your mind, everything is like that. Like I, like I know the Bible front and back from being a missionary, dude. That's the wild thing. I'm, I'm the, I'm a heretic, but I know that stuff better than most people do. You know. Yeah. Um, but like, I said, I try not to be too offensive about that kind of stuff, because you know people do hold that to their beliefs. But if you're somebody, uh, if you're somebody I know who will go to violence. If I insult your God, I'm going to insult your God. Yeah. I'm going to push you. I'm going to, you know, because it's just insane to me, but that's the, the harm another lift to lift a fucking weapon or harm. Another person over words is that's the ultimate snowflake. kind of mentality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. That's like, like, it, it's like, that's what I hate about the whole Islam thing. You know, if you say something about Muhammad, oh, you're going to die. Oh, fuck off. You know? and, yeah, but I've, I've had Christians where, uh, fuck your God. Oh, what? your God can't defend himself he's that weak. What the fuck? You know, exactly.
0: Fuck exactly. That's a great point. Yeah.
1: the God doesn't get offended, it's they're above that, right? <laughs> <laughs> a
2: perfect
1: being wouldn't be offended. A perfect being doesn't get jealous. A perfect being... You know, it's fair and just, and all those kind of things, and not a two-sided, you know, narcissistic parent. That's that's exactly what religion reminds me of, a narcissistic parent. It beats the shit out of you, you know, and tries to comfort you and make you feel better by something. beats the shit out of you, you know, mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever. It's, it's just garbage. You can't do it. And I'm somebody who you would not even believe. Like I was staunch believed everything literally it was nuts.
0: Yeah, that is. Uh... Kind of so here's a good question: When you were when you were hooked like that. And and a, like not even towards the end because obviously some things happen where you had revelations. I'm even talking in the heart of it when it was at its best. Were things like the suicidal thoughts were those sorts of things dampened? What what was it like to love they Mormonism?
1: They were heightened, man. I, I, it's such a perfectionist kind of thing. Like you, uh, dude, you, you went to church for three hours on Sunday. And if you had callings, you usually had about two hours in the week that you had to do something at the church building. And then you were a home teacher or a visiting teacher where you had like five families that you had to go home teach every month and go visit them. Um, It's very uh, strenuous. And then like certain callings are going to be gone a lot, like a lot of times in the evenings and stuff, lots of leadership type things. And I was always a teacher and a leader. In teacher and leadership positions in the church, uh, which I mean, I'll tell you what though, man, I learned all kinds of cool shit about life, man. Like good, good stuff in management and leadership, uh, in teaching, how to be a teacher, you know, like all kinds of things, dude. I taught every day, man. Like, I was, I if I had a calling in life, it would be teacher, uh, I guess. Everything I've ever done, I've had, I've had to teach or train others. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's. I got a lot of good out of it. Like, I'm not angry about it. Like, I was angry when I first left the church. When I really accepted, okay, I, I fucking, this bullshit. <laughs> I oh, wasted yeah. a lot of time. But now I'm looking at like just like with the the seasonal affectedness you know disorder. Um, I'm i I'm, I'm taking the approach of a positive. Like I'm looking at this this time of year as like I'm not going to let it the depression part takeover. I'm going to actually use this time to actually do different things. I'm going to do the things that I'm going to need a quiet space for. You know, I'm thinking of it differently. So now I took my experience and I'm like, what did I get out of it? What did I gain from it? Where, what was right about it? And there's so many good things that I, so many things that are the guy that you're talking to today the guy that you like are because of those things. There's a lot of part of me that I am today because of those things. I don't want to get rid of that. Yeah. You know? And I said I I've learned that there is no time. I didn't waste time. I didn't lose time. I didn't gain time. Everything's right. Everything's okay. You know, that's that's where I'm at with it all now. It's it's like I have a I have no emotion about the topic. You know what I mean? It's it's gone from me doesn't matter yeah uh, but i i, I just generally i can honestly say that i'm i'm reaching happiness and i'm reaching uh, i'm not there i mean it's a work it's a constant fight every single day any of this stuff if you think it's a one and done with anything no it's a constant one foot in front of the fucking other marathon
0: you're just on the right side of the battle right yeah there's no such thing as a lot of things that we think there are. There's no such thing as, as perfect alignment. There's no such thing as symmetry. There's no such thing as being in pain versus no pain. There's no such thing as a lot of things that we would, you know, fact and fiction. It's like, it's very hard to get on the, the, the firm side of anything. So I would say as long as you're feeling happier, as long as you're feeling better, as long as you feel like you're on the right path, I mean that, that and that is the one that, that that's what matters. Are you on the right side of any battle or any situation? Because that's all we can really be on is the the, the side that we need to be on of any dynamic.
1: Yeah, be on the side of control and not, you know, control is an illusion. What I mean is, is like be in the driver's seat. Don't be the one dictated to be the dictator. You know what I mean?
2: Like, yeah, uh,
1: it's it's like just take control of that shit. Don't, Don't allow yourself be pushed around don't wait for a savior don't wait for
0: somebody to come
1: do it for you or whatever it's
0: just i don't know how to explain it but yeah yeah now i here's here's a question uh something as we kind of wrap up is there anything you want to say about what you have going on now you know you say you have this project this patent thing i, I mean you don't have to no, be specific yeah okay perfect um yeah, well, well, then let's say uh, people, people can. Be, you're on your Instagram. It's it's at Alien Blueprint, which I guess is also the business that you're kind of yeah. you're working things under that moniker. Yeah, so um, like,
1: you know, so with that, I was just like, you know, what am I doing? I don't know. Well, yeah. I might as well start putting this name on things. I'm getting mail now. You know, the Alien yeah. Blueprint it's like it's just a magic thing for me, like uh, like chaos magic. You know? Like I'm setting intense. You know, just, okay, alien blueprints on my thing there. It's just one small little token towards it do little things towards it. You know, who knows? Yes. Oh, I might make shirts with this. this. This is just my LLC. So for my 1099, as I do jujitsu, it's, it's a little bit of everything. It's like, it's just, it's my license. It's my business license to, to work.
0: It's what the psychedelic athlete is now. That's all that is. Yeah. It's like, why make a different name for my podcast? I was thinking about, oh. It's a good, it's good brand. brand. Yeah, it's my brand. It's whatever. It's all You're of so it. Fun. It's awesome.
1: It's a good thing. And, and we know what blew my mind is that nobody fucking took Alien Blueprint. <laughs>
0: wow, especially because yeah. it's the uh, Henry Rock. Like, it's, it's not, yeah, that's insane.
1: Like, <laughs> I can't some punk, old punk. From back because in the
0: you've day. always had it. it's 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 always been yours yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, man um well i uh i i think that that that's a hell of a conversation man um i would love to have you back on and maybe what can happen is if if we talk again we we can just try to say like a specific thing we definitely want to talk about and then ramble about whatever the hell because i love just
1: the plants and stuff and do off this was a cool off the cuff we didn't plan anything beforehand yeah and intro. plus you know like like it's got to be a continuum you know because I would hate for the audience you know to sit there and think like especially if anybody's Christian (laughs) or Mormon look I don't it's I don't hate you I don't don't have any bad feelings that's just my journey and how you know the the feelings and the thing I have with it I I don't look down upon others or anything like that I don't want to
0: Now Islam, on the other hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all of it. Honestly, all of it. All of it. Like any religion. Yeah. I, I don't, I, don't I, I I don't, believe religion is good across the board. Right. You, know, you do. But like if somebody does, that's, I'm not just saying you do. I'm just saying like if I'm out of a conversation, it's, it's fine. But do not. This is a good thing. Do not try to fucking proselytize. Me. Yeah. Don't, don't try to convert me. Don't tell me I'm wrong. Don't. You know, you live according right. to it. You want to live your religion. Don't say how your religion dictates how I'm supposed to live. You and can be
0: is- right or wrong. Just don't be bad. <laughs> don't <laughs> you be a- know, yeah. don't be a dick. Don't be that, that kind of stuff. Um, well, dude, it's been great getting to know you better. If I would tell myself the the version of me that was listening to that podcast and these little light bulbs going off that, that, I, you know, I, I would Ha, be talking to you now ha, been having like a, a history of friendship, you know, sort of with you over the, since then, no, and no, stuff. We
1: talk at least once a day almost.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. I, I love it. It's a, it's a, it's really cool and it's sincere. And it's one of those things where I hate to like impose on people that are inspirations to me, but it just, obviously, I mean, we didn't even get into punk rock. We didn't even get into like so many other things that, that we've connected with. And, um, it's cool to meet somebody else that has all those parallels, man, and the synchronicity. It's, it's fun, you know, dude, it's the Bud syn-
1: like, like Light off. Seltzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, it's, it's it's fun. That's one thing I like. Everybody talks about the demonization of of uh, the social media platforms. No, you're the demon. Yeah. Oh, the social media is good. Uh, this uh, internet is good. Look, look, look how cool this is. We get to connect. I, I like this. This is, you might as well be in my living room, like with me right now and drinking these together and, and having that's that's fellowship. It's awesome. Yes. Um, and and good ideas can be spent out there and we can hash things out on this in, in this realm. You know, we could have five other people from other countries and we could all be talking about this. And that's Something we should do sometimes is do like a multiple. Yeah and we're all just talking because i don't want it to be around about me this wasn't about me this was just like like we talked about it. this this is just this is supposed to be a cool thing for us to get our personalities out there and just talk about this shit and yeah spitball the ideas i need to come up with some talking points that i need to ask you questions <laughs>
0: Yeah, dude. Hey, it, it, it was nice to have one where we just kind of go over some basics because some people that are going to listen to future ones will only know you well from this. So it was essential, but all those sound like great ideas. I'd love to get some cool minds, you know, some people, you know, even if it's like somebody in person next to you on the, you know, cause you oh, have yeah. some people in your immediate reach that, I mean, it's crazy. I, we, we can't, we could go on forever, just setting the future. But I mean, you talk about a meal, you talk about how, you know, freaking John Gunther and all this. Oh, yeah, have been doing,
1: oh I've been we've been going to the pool I've been training him like I did for indoc for pair rescue oh. taking him through water con water confidence training and stuff but, you know, like what an outcome. amazing soul
0: is he is he just the most He's amazing the most beautiful. amazing
1: wonderful human being
0: I've watched yes. his season of the Ultimate Fighter so many times. I've probably watched the Ultimate Fighter more than anybody else. I've known
1: him since before he even knew this shit was gonna happen. God, is he a legend? Oh, he's great, dude. He's an awesome human being. That's he's like somebody you want to know. And if he's, yes. he's one of the people, if you don't like him, there's something wrong with you. And I'm gonna have to judge. You. He doesn't have to learn how to be a monk. You know what I mean? He was, dude. He's a walk. He's he's a sage, dude. He's just, I mean. <laughs> He's not like somebody who's gonna tell you. Herb's like try to tell you something. Like, try to be a life coach. You just ask him a question. What he says is pretty much
0: there. You go. Oh, I lo- and and I can just see how you would be in that. So it's very fitting. Like of all the people that you could be surrounded by, yeah. of course you're surrounded by the people you're surrounded
1: by actively. Hey yo, let's go. Let's go. Let's go oh. do something. This,
0: do you just feel better after spending like is that do you yeah, just always feel good he's around magical, him? He's a magical fucking
1: unicorn. God. He's a living, breathing, fucking magical
0: human, dude. He's great. Mm, well, you have to tell him that that he has a huge fan. Uh, he's he's another one that uh you know I love the. I, I admire you, know you guys I'm a sure? lot. Huh? I'm sure uh, oh, I can, awesome. I,
1: can, I, can, I could probably have him like just sit down, you know, he, he fucking just come sit down with you and fucking I guess, Yeah, I mean get to the both home of home.
0: you or whatever. It doesn't matter. We will we'll make that work. Um that'd no, be we'll, fucking
1: we'll awesome. He'd probably be into it.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, um, look, dude, it's it's been great. Um Thank you so much. You're the fucking man, dude. You I am gonna I listen back to this episode. I
2: love you, man. I think you're awesome.
0: Fuck yeah, man. Well, I'm gonna listen back to this and I'm just gonna I'm gonna love thinking about and hearing and knowing that this is a permanent record of this conversation. So awesome. awesome. Uh guys, check, check, check Sean out. Um great motherfucker. And uh yeah, tune in to episode three next time. And uh, I'm sure Sean will be back before long. Cool. Peace. Awesome, dude. Let me hit this little record button and we are